Hi, and welcome to the Indie Music Podcast, the podcast for independent musicians and other audio professionals. We're your hosts. I'm Matt Denton, also known as Mojo of Ragged Birds Music. I'm a Bay Area mix engineer and recording artist. And Douglas Reynolds of Resonance Mastering, a mastering engineer in Bloomington, Illinois. Welcome to episode 213. Tonight, Doug and Matt discuss pre-session rituals. How do you get ready to go into the studio to prepare for your session? They discuss getting set up mentally, getting into the upcoming vibe, preparing and warming up, and getting started in their session process. Enjoy the show. How you doing, man? Good. How's things in the shred? Things are, they're good. Yeah, I had the windows open, so. Uh, That's what you said earlier. It, uh, it, got a little, it got a little stuffy in here today. The, uh, the tree overhead has not grown its leaves back, and so uh, it's a weird in-between state where the sun will kind of beat on it and make it warmer than it should be. Speaking of bees, you know, I, I had my heater on this morning and I turned it off. It's got, you know, it's got the fan and I'm like, and I still hear a fan. And I'm like, well, that's a strange kind of humming, buzzing sound. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I think I recognize that sound. And I walked outside and looked up into the oak tree and there's like, um, I don't know how to describe this other than a, a bee tornado. <laughs> Really? It's like it was like there was a swarm that got agitated and it was just yeah, it looked like a it looked like a bee tornado. So I went so, in the house. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, what was your first reaction? <laughs> My first reaction was that I'd seen it before because uh, there I, well, this is a longer story now. Um I put up I built with my kids, I built an owl house and I put it in the tree uh between um, the adjacent houses here, there's kind of like a culvert area. It's like nobody owns it. And uh, there's a big oak tree there. And so I put the owl house in the oak tree. Got a ladder, went up there and put the owl house. And um, no owls have ever lived in that tree. It immediately became a beehive. <laughs> and uh, every other year or so, they spawn off a new queen. And you'll just kind of like turn around and like, oh, hey, there's a football-sized swarm of bees next to my head <laughs> and uh you know i've had to call the bee people and they'll come and they'll smoke them and put them into a box and take them away um but uh, once in a while there will be a swarm and it gets gets disturbed and it it's it's like a it's like a dust devil or something but it's just bees and they're not happy um have you removed the owl house oh no 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 um, I think there's a bee shortage globally, and I think that anything okay. we can do to encourage bees to be there, just don't make them mad. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a much longer story than I expected it to be, but uh, long story short, yeah, there was bees, and now there's not. How are you doing? How's your tape? <laughs> I can't top that. <laughs> oh, my day's been fine. I Just another day. It's it's Wednesday for us, you know, just another Wednesday. I know. I thought it was Thursday, but I'm off Friday, so I think that might be why I'm off a day. Ah, I got you. Plus, I packed a lot in yesterday. Just, I don't know. It's been a... I usually don't feel like I'm off a day unless I take one off early in the week, and then I right. feel off. But, so you're like looking forward to your day off so much that you're already losing a day. I guess so. <laughs> also, I'm I'm just generally confused about what day it is. <laughs> uh yeah so which one we which what do we what do we talk about we're talking Pre about we're talking about uh 
studio pre-session rituals. Yeah, that was funny. I think that must have come up in a conversation in passing, and then it was in both of our minds, and then I got a request, and so I made it my DIY music chat topic last week, and then I saw you made it also your audio mix chat topic without, you know, even seeing that I had already Yeah, it was entirely it was coincidental. Kind of in the air last week. About, yeah, so we thought, hey, let's that. do it a third time. Let's do it a third time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because um, I'm not always able to attend audio mix chat, and uh, so I don't know if they came up with any good ones. I found that for whatever reason, uh, mostly people talked about food. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and drink, you know, it's somebody started off saying, you know, because they were all, they were all kind of, I think, you know, the, the DIY music chat skews towards home recordists. Yeah. And, uh, I feel like a lot of them were thinking of, okay, before I start recording myself, I do blah. And a lot of it was like, you know, I drink water two days ahead of time. I drink throat coat tea or, or whatever. I was kind of thinking more along like, okay, he's, have a mantra that you say, you, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Pray to the totem in your studio. I don't know. In audio mix chat on Twitter, we kind of got into, you know, getting your ears and your mindset ready for your session. So it oh, okay. was a little less uh, out there than your discussion. <laughs> <laughs> we went there too, but yeah, for, you I know, just was surprised it was all about It was things like you're getting ready to go in and mix or master a heavy metal track, then listen to some heavy metal. Oh, yeah. A little ahead of time and just get in the vibe and get your ears kind of tuned into that that whole thing and, and then sit down at the desk to uh, in that mood, in that groove already, whatever the genre is that you're planning on working on, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, the one thing I didn't really discuss in that was – my real ritual is that I kind of run through the studio and I, I light like a hundred candles <laughs> and, and then I, and then I smudge the place and, and then like I do with sage, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, so once I get done with a real thorough smudging, you know, I get rid of all that negative energy and stuff like that. And then I do some sort of small sacrifice, you know, to Mola Ram. <laughs> I was waiting to tell if you were joking or not. Um <laughs> Yes, I, I, and then, I yeah, sacrifice. Once I've appeased Mola Ram, <laughs> I feel like now, you know, everything's in order. Have you ever done, uh, I've done this through the house. Um, there's a way of, you know, like cleansing dead air or some people say spirits. And you, you can ring a, you ring a bell throughout the house. And, and when you encounter areas where the bell is no longer chimey, it's very dull. That, that, that means that the air there is not. I don't know, it's not pure or whatever. And you have to open the windows and let the air go. I think it's more about air not circulating than it is about spirits in your house. But it's, it's an interesting practice that I haven't done in the studio yet to yeah. kind of, I know that sounds a little wacky, but. Well, it's, um, and I'm not joking now, <laughs> but it's a little or not at all known fact that my wife is a certified Reiki master. Oh, I didn't know that. And man, we've got crystals and cards and smudges and different kinds of rocks and all kinds of stuff all over the place that are all about energy. Okay. And maintaining energy in the, in the home and things like that. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I, I know all about it, man. Oh, okay. So it doesn't, it didn't sound that off the wall to you? Not at all. 
All right. Yeah, we have, you know, we have, <laughs> I don't tell people these things. We have uh, throughout our house, we did like a, you know, we went through the house at one point doing like a little feng shui treatment. And I have like mirrors over doorways and that kind of thing. We originally, occasionally rearrange furniture to improve the flow of the house. Um, now, my studio here is, is simply a rectangular box. There's no, not really any flow to but it. But it's got but, cool um, ceiling lines, you know. It does have the cool ceiling lines. I feel like people keep commenting on the on and windows. The, and I, I'm suggest I, I I'm glad that my wife suggested just leaving the the beams exposed and I and I put the you know the foam in between the beams and it does look cool. But I think it really kind of you know naturally baffles the sound really well. Yeah. Well, it gives you a little bit of height in your studio room. That's too, true too. Yeah. You know, and that's good. Yeah. yeah. But really, I guess you know rituals. I have kind of a set methodology. Mm -hmm. I never really referred to it as a ritual before, but how I set my session up and and how I get started into a project. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's always really consistent, you know? Now, I think that's important to be consistent, even if it evolves or changes over time. Yeah. So I have a template, okay? Mm -hmm. When I open up a session and what this template is, any and all mastering plugins that I may use, which are all in a disabled state, are mm -hmm. automatically loaded into my master bus for me. Mm -hmm. All right. So everything's turned off. And and I do have things kind of in an order. If I ended up choosing to use them, they're, I don't have to move them around because I, I do have kind of a, you know, I, I kind of like, and for the 90% of the time, I'm going to have EQ before compression. So, you know, I have it lined up in my chain mm -hmm. in that order, you know. But again, everything's turned off. And, and I don't have a set chain, if you will. I just have like, these are everything that I might use, you know, and it right. just depends. And and sometimes I I have like three or four different EQs, you know, three or four different compressors. These all have different qualities. It depends. I don't use the same one all the time. It, it depends on, on the song. Mm -hmm. I like some EQs or some compressors better for for different genres or for different purposes. Sure. It just depends, you know. Sometimes I try one and it's like, eh, not quite getting it for me, you know, and I'll try a different one and, I, and then the vibe's a little better and I'll go, yeah, that's that's what I was looking for. So it's, I do a lot of playing around and just checking and see, you know, what kind of things are, are working for me or not. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so I start with that, but then I just listen. What am I getting ready to be involved in? And I, I load that um, that track into the session and I just start playing it. And, you know, I listen to it several times uh, before I even make any decisions. Sometimes I have a notepad and I start making some notes for myself as to yeah, what, I was what I'm hearing. take notes at that point. Yeah. That's what I usually do. Um, not the first time through by any means. Um, I might become aware of something in the first time through, but then I'll listen for it again later. And if it sticks out to me again in a successive listening, you know, then I'll definitely mm -hmm. take note of it. You know, but uh, going through... In three or four listenings before I even begin to master, and I'm just listening, you know, it gives me a good idea of of what kind of things I'm wanting to, I'm feeling I need to do, you know, for what what's bugging me. Yeah. Or what do I really like? And what is it about that that I really like? And is there something there that uh, about that that might be missing from other elements of the song? How do I bring yeah. everything together so that one vibe in one area, I can maybe figure that out and, and bring that to the whole song in some way. So it's just a matter of, of really just listening and figuring out what I, what I dig and what I don't like. And then, you know, then I start working. But the next thing 
is gain staging. So sure. I'm still not doing anything as far as processing at this point. Now I want to set volumes. I want to, I also run a dB meter. And, and so not only getting the levels in the session set up the way that I want them, but I'm setting up the, the monitoring environment volume as well. And, um, and, I, and I tweak those. I keep going back and forth if I change something to make it louder in session. Uh, but I've gone over what my preferred listening dB is. Then I'll, I'll lower the monitor volume, you know, and get that back where it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I try to level that out between the session volume and, the, and my actual listening volume. And once, once I've got that stabilized, then, you know, then I'll, I'll probably start, you know, in with processing, which I normally would be uh, like EQ would be the first things I'd be concerned with. I think, you know, unless there's corrections, you know, if I, if there's distinctive noise and I need to do like spectral editing or something like that to get rid of uh, defects in the audio file, I might take care of that first because that could, you know, you put a lot of work into something, you come in and then you do some weird editing later and then you've messed something up that you have to right. go back and rework. So, you know, if there's any repair work that needs to be done, it's better to do that right off the bat. Yeah. Oftentimes you'll discover that by virtue of, of mastering that you've uncovered defects as you've kind of brought the music up sonically. True, stuff that was inaudible before. So yeah. You can hear it when you add some gain. Yeah, and so sometimes level. that happens. And, uh, and, you know, so then, you know, once you discover those and figure out how to deal with them and what they are. But but anyway, that's... In a, so before all that, that's a lot of workflow stuff. What about what about getting into the right headspace? Like, uh, you work, you have a lot of deadlines, so you work to deadline a lot. So how do you get in the right headspace uh, before, you, before you get into your normal process? Or is knowing that you have a deadline, is that the headspace? <laughs> well, I guess, you know, I, I do a lot. I will throw on, like I mentioned before, some music. Not in my studio. I'll listen to something up in a different room and and just listen. I'll sit and listen and, and kind of, I guess it's sort of a decompression time. Yeah. And sort of just, I don't know. It's not often that I'm not in the mood to come work in the studio. You know, <laughs> it's, it's not hard for me to get motivated because I love what I do. And it's not like I'm working. It doesn't feel like work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I do. So it's relatively easy. I think in between different client sessions with different genres, I leave for a while. And, okay, yeah. and I just separate myself. I don't do anything specific. I just get away from it for a little while. And... You know, and uh, um, let my, that's kind of just to let my ears relax a bit and then right. come back, especially if I was like mastering heavy metal and then I've got to come back and, and do like some singer songwriter. Yeah. You need that transition time. I think yeah. rituals and transitions are super important and often kind of overlooked or they're, or they're done, but not with intention. You know what I mean? Yeah. But well, how about yourself? Like what's yours? What's your prep time look like? Well, I mean, there's there's prep time getting into it, but yeah, I, I, I kind of do, it's it's very similar. I mean, I'll listen to something through and kind of get acquainted with it before I go through and make notes. Um, Kind of kind of at that point, I'm listening to it, but I'm also kind of getting an idea of, okay, what am I going to use for a reference? Um, what, what does this remind me of that I could use as a reference uh, to make sure that it's on par with, you know, commercial quality stuff uh, in the same vein, in the same genre, in the same kind of sonic space? Um but yeah, I mean, that's a good point that you have. It's like doing this is so much more enjoyable than a lot more than a lot of other things you could be doing. It's 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 sometimes it feels like a break to to get to to work on music and it is fun. But yeah, I mean I I listen to I listen to music. I get my ears kind of tuned. 
um, to the studio, to these speakers before I dive in so that I kind of have a, a starting point. It's, I, I would, I don't know if I, I would call that a ritual per se, but, uh, it's certainly part of the process. Um, just listening to music in the space that I'm going to be mixing in, um, to kind of get my ears attuned to the volume, to the, the, the sonic qualities before I dive in. So kind of having, having the, actually, you know, I mean, it's, it's stupid, but having the lava lamp and, and looking at the things that I'm looking at, it just, I feel surrounded by music. I got guitars to my sides. I got speakers in front of me. I got, I just feel like I'm kind of surrounded by, you know, just being in this space and even just facing this direction kind of puts me in the mindset of, uh, of making music. Yeah. <laughs> it's why we buy gear. Yeah. Well, it's one of the reasons. <laughs> <laughs> Because this gear is going to make me feel more motivated and potentially better as a player. Potentially, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any mantras or anything. Well, I do have. I do have right over my on my my little bulletin board. I have a a picture of Buddha uh, next to the saying "Let that shit go," which is just kind of like a reminder to whatever junk is on your mind and stressing you out. Just. It doesn't matter now. Just let it go. Take a breath. Be in this space. Be here. Be present uh, with the music. Um, but uh, yeah, when I need a break, I will. I will step outside, and uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm calling it bird therapy now. I have you know, there's a lot of birds in the trees around little song sparrows, and I'll just stop and listen to the birds and take <laughs> take a moment, see the grass, and uh, that to me that's my mental palate cleanser between tasks, between um, songs, between whatever. I have a new thing that I'm trying, and I like this, uh, from a book I've been reading um, by, by Brendan Bouchard. And um, it's just, you know, it's one of the many you know, self-help or business books that I've been reading. And uh, this one thing that I like is uh, the idea of, of transitioning between tasks with intention. And pausing, take a moment before your next meeting, before your next task, before the next thing you're going to do, pause and ask yourself, what kind of energy do I want to bring to this next task, this next meeting? And I've been uh, been trying to make a habit out of that. And I really like that because it kind of gives you a chance to reset and do your next thing with intention and not just being like feeling like you're just busy going from one thing to the next without pausing or um properly transitioning you know because then you don't properly leave the first thing behind before you move to the next thing and then you know you have leftover frantic energy from that coming to the next thing you're not fully present um and it's just it doesn't do you justice it doesn't do your tasks or your peers or your family justice when you do that so i've been working on that have you ever used like pomodoro i have it doesn't Um, work very well for me in the studio because my task times aren't so defined, um, and I can't just right. stop and and leave, you know. So, you know, if I set a timer for like thirty minutes, well, it might be actually forty before mm-hmm. I, can, I can actually step away, you know. So, yeah. But I try to keep the principles in mind, which is step away and take the time to go get the drink of water, go right, go grab a breath of fresh air, whatever. And and then come back, take ten minutes, and then come back. And I think it's good for ears and everything like that too, because they they extended. You know, even though I'm I'm managing my volume levels, 
there is a certain amount of eardrum compression over time. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you get used to it. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, actually, if you take those breaks and come back, you have, I think you have sharper hearing, you know, with even if you're working in low volumes or moderate volumes, I should say, you still over time have that fatigue that comes on. So managing that fatigue makes you better able to be, to engineer based on what you're hearing over longer periods. Yeah, I find I'm good for about 90 minutes, which unironically is about the length of a sleep cycle. I think I think that's not unusual yeah. for people's attention span to be focused on a task for that kind of being the the kind of an upper, a soft upper limit. But I think that, you know, there's so much that goes into just literally standing up, walking away for a few minutes because uh, sitting is not great for you. Staring at screens is not great for you. Um, being stressed out and clenched is not great for you. And just stepping away from your computer for even five minutes, you're resting your eyes, you're resting your ears, you're getting your circulation back in your in your legs. Um, it, it, yeah, I think that that's a really important thing. But yeah, I mean, obviously you're gonna there are gonna be times where you're just like so into it you lose track of time and and yeah, that's a nice place to be, but. It is important to kind of, that's one of the things that's cool about, and I think there's apps that do this that remind you, oh, hey, take a break. Yeah. <laughs> you can set that for once per hour for five minutes or whatever. Um, it can be a hard habit. It can be like, oh, I don't need to take a break right now. But you're kind of cheating yourself and and in the long run, not bringing your best self to the tasks you're working on, I think. I would also also say, look for the things in your work that you're doing in in audio production, whether it be mixing, mastering, or whatever, there's a lot of time where the work that you're doing doesn't require you to listen to it. And true. And that would be, I do, uh, in mastering, I have to set levels, and those levels aren't based on what I'm hearing. Those are my monitor levels. They're completely different than the, the average level of the audio track volume, you know, for the whole track. And that's done through metering. Yeah. And once I've gone through and I've done the mastering part of it, and I'm I'm really down to just focusing on levels. I don't I mute, you know. At that point, I'm um, I'm not really listening anymore until I'm until the end, and I, I listen again. But you know, during that time, which you know I might have whatever you know somewhere between fifteen and thirty minutes, depending on how long the song is and how difficult it is to kind of get that that final level dialed in for what I was going for. I might be within a half a dB of where I'm trying to get and, uh, you know, and I'm still kind of tweaking things. So I, I can kind of work on that with, without actually having to listen to it because I'm not affecting any, any, any type of processing of the audio or anything like that. It's only the overall level. And, you know, so I, I give myself a break in the middle of working as well on, on listening and do the busy work on the keyboard. Uh, you know, I've got stuff like metadata and things like that. You know, there's mm-hmm. no no reason to be listening to the track while I'm doing the administrative quote work of <laughs> right. metadata and things. You know, so and uh, so I take those times to to give my ears a break as well. Yeah, that reminds me. I do when I in my initial setup of a mix when I'm doing the import and the import of tracks and and uh, setting their levels that can take anywhere between you know. And depending on the size of the project, you know, between 15 and 45 minutes 
but I don't, I don't listen to it then either. Um, unless, unless something is weirdly named and I don't know what it is and I have to audition it so I can put it into my template in the right place. Yeah. Um, but, track one, uh, track two, track right. three. Or, um, <laughs> or it'll say like, Phil, maybe. Like, <laughs> is that vocals? Is that guitars? What did you mean to put it in there? I don't know what that is. I don't know who Phil is. Is the singer's name Phil? <laughs> I don't oh, know. Oh, it's the drum Phil? <laughs> is the drum Phil? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so somebody walked in with a tambourine. And anyway, um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll bring those into the template and then I will, I don't, and I don't listen to it for this either, but I'll, I'll solo each one while the volume is off. And, uh, and I'll, um, with a, with a, like a trim plugin, uh, using a VU meter, um, bring each one to between the threes, right? So that's basically peaking between minus three and zero, um, DBU. And I don't listen to it. I don't want to hear it until I have all the tracks imported and level matched. So I do all that with the sound off. Oh, do you? Yeah. I'll adjust it later, but I want everything kind of like at a starting point because some tracks will be hot. Some tracks will be nearly inaudible. And, uh, you know, I want them all, I want all my faders at unity gain, all my faders at zero, but I want to use, uh, use a trim plugin with a view meter to level match everything. Um, so that they're at a, at a kind of a level playing field. Yeah. Um, before I start mixing. So I don't, I don't even want to, I don't even listen to it. So you're that. not into the, into that initial cacophony. And I had my, it, it takes you like once before it, Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like being on stage when the orchestra is tuning up. Um, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, sometimes your ears get blown out if you're trying to audition that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Guitar tracks and uh, will frequently come in too hot. Also bass will frequently come in too hot, but <laughs> it's usually the drums because combined the drums, obviously that's, that's a lot of, that's a lot of volume there. Let's see. But that's pretty much, that's pretty much, uh, what I got for, for, um, routines. Well, I, wanted or... to say, I, I, I bet you do stuff that you don't even realize you do. Like check your cable connections, check that all your audio is working, check all that, that basic tech stuff. Um, because, uh, boy, there's nothing that ruins creativity like having to stop and deal with a technical issue or, a, you know, cable or something unplugged or a software update or, you know what I mean? I, I, I feel like maybe I should be doing something I haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really ever touch this stuff. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't check that stuff unless I discover there's some kind of problem. But like I don't. A bit, like a bitrate mismatch? Like a bitrate mismatch, <laughs> which turned out, you know, sometimes, you know, mistakes turn into really cool things. I actually was really kind of digging the, um, you know, the the graininess and, you know, that that gave to my voice. That, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool. That's that fuzzy saturation. I wonder if I can like flip it right now without crashing stuff. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but see, I don't do that stuff. I, you know, I've got a patch bay. I don't like unwire stuff up um, in the back of the rack, you know, unless it's a major thing. Um, and so I, I just, everything I've got is through the patch bay and, and, and I don't, you know, that that's the only thing, ti uh, time that things change um, is through there. Everything else is pretty stationary and plugged in and remains plugged in without changes. Yeah. I feel like that's a, that's a, a kind of a, a luxury. I know it would have been for me a luxury not too long ago. To have a dedicated everything hooked up all the time and not have to worry about plugging and unplugging it. But 
Yeah, I know a lot of people who have their computer that they take around and they have to unplug stuff and plug stuff in and yeah, yeah. That's every time a, you want to record, and I know that all gets in the way, and that's all. A, frankly, that's all an obstacle to being creative and getting stuff done. It's like, oh man, I got to drag this out and plug it in and check the connections and. Nah, you know, I everything and, and this was all by into everything here is dedicated studio and it doesn't get used in any other way. My even my computer, it's dedicated to the studio. And I don't have another computer. I use my phone for everything else or my iPad and uh but I don't really have a need for I really don't have a need for anything computer-wise, you know, cuz I mean, what am I doing the rest of the time? I'm 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 listening to music on my phone. I'm uh, working. I work on Google Docs or spreadsheets and things like that from my iPad. Mm. And everything that I do is done in the cloud. And, you know, I don't have a need for any local files. And when I do, it's for sharing purposes. And I'll download even zip files of stuff to my files on my iPhone, then share them out from, from there as needed, you know, for stuff like that. You know, a lot of listening, you know, when I pull that down, people send me uh, demos and MP3s, you know, those never make it to my computer. I, I listen to all that stuff from my from my phone just for initial demoing and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't I don't have a need for another computer. Uh, I used to have a laptop, which was my, my main studio computer. And so it was always getting unplugged and taken with me because it, it, right. it was everything. And, and that was a, a while back. And I had decided to go with a desktop computer. and and it wasn't going to move. Yeah, nice work if you can get it. <laughs> you know, we haven't we haven't had a printer or used paper in our house for at least a, de- a decade. Really? Yeah. Trees, wow. man. You got your bees, yeah. I got my trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like trees. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, um so yeah, yeah. don't unplug stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, don't if you can leave your stuff out and plugged in. <laughs> yeah. I also Tell usually your kids don't to stay away. I usually don't turn stuff off either. Um, I let stuff go to sleep mode and, uh, except for my amplifier, I turn it off, but, uh, I've got everything, everything, but my amplifier goes into standby mode. My amplifier would, if I had a trigger for it, it's got a 12 volt trigger that when there's 12 volts going to it, it'll go into, um, it'll turn on. And when there's 12 volts not going to it, it'll go into standby mode. Oh, that's cool. And that's designed to go like with a, a preamp that has a, a trigger output on it, which I don't have. But I'm going to get like a smart plug and a a 12 volt adapter. I'm going to plug that 12 volt adapter and then wire up a. Um, it's just like a little eighth inch mono plug, okay. you know, like a 3.5 millimeter mono plug, and it goes in and uh, and then tell the the smart switch to turn on. I can do it from my phone through like Alexa remote or something like that, and then that'll bring. The amplifier out of standby so i don't have to switch it on and off because i'm of the belief that turning your electronics on and off is the worst thing that you can do for them over the long haul i agree with that too because it's a surge of electricity through the board and all the components yeah and the switch itself you know eventually can wear out especially if it's a soft switch yeah and so i, I prefer the standby uh for the longevity of gear and it's worked really well i mean all my gear has been working for a long time and uh when there's storms, I come down and I shut stuff off. Yeah, if I'm here, and uh, because I, even though I do have really good surge protection and stuff like that, I don't have backup power. And if the power goes out, then everything does a hard shutdown. 
Or if it's a lightning strike and it's more than my uh, surge suppressor can handle, then, you know, that would be bad too. So yeah, I will unplug everything from the wall and stuff like that after I turn it off and wait for the storm to pass. Yeah, we don't get thunderstorms here too often, certainly. Well, yeah, once every while we'll get one with lightning. Yeah, but very uh, seldom that often. I recall from the, the West Coast. I feel like I want to check now to see if these speakers go into standby mode. I don't like know how often do, do you even get cumulus clouds, you know? Uh, actually, we do get those relatively often, oh, but they're you? mostly in the uh, the north and the east from us. Okay. They're cool. <laughs> yeah. I grew up calling those thunderheads. Yeah, those two. Cumulus yeah, nimbus. definitely get them in the mountains. True. Well, anyway, yeah, hey, well, man, I think yeah. that's it. Unless we, we want to start that. talking about what you're... <laughs> What your yeah when the when the conversation turns to the weather you know yeah. you've run out of things. What, to what's, say. Your, what's your ritual for closing a podcast? You know, so. um, is to say thanks for listening and leave us a review on iTunes. That's a perfect one. Thanks you everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Have a great week, everybody. All right, cheers. Bye. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Indie Music Podcast. Please like and subscribe, share with your friends, or just leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you've heard. Find our social links and episode guide at IndieMusicCast.com. Until next time, keep creating.